Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Star Wars 7x7, episode 885. Today it's a Star Wars Rebels briefing. I'm looking at an inside man. This is season 3, episode 10 of the Star Wars TV series. And I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and no, I wasn't the only one to posit this idea, but I'm certainly happy to have done so. And I will say right off the bat, in case you have not seen this episode of Rebels yet, and you plan to and you don't like spoilers, then hey, save this podcast for a later date. If however you're cool with the spoiler, whether or not you've seen it, then let's dive in. So there are a number of reveals in this episode, but none bigger than the identity of the new fulcrum, and it is, in fact, Agent Callus. Now, this one I'd called right after the Antilles extraction. That was episode four of the new season. came out toward the beginning of October, so about two months ago I had managed to call this one. I'm not bragging, but I'm kind of bragging, I guess. I've made predictions about Rebels before, but I think this is the biggest one I've gotten right so far. But let's step back and put this all in its proper context, shall we? So there is a war factory on the fall, as Pablo Hidalgo says in the Rebels Recon episode attached to this episode of Star Wars Rebels. The Imperials have given up the facade of saying, hey, we're here to help you. We are, in fact, here to basically conscript you and make you work for us and produce all these war machines. And in the absence of Kanan and Ezra and the rest of the Rebel team, there's another cell of Rebels that has popped up, and they actually have an inside man of their own who is working inside the War Factory who has been sabotaging some of the machines built there. This person turns out to be Morad Sumar, the farmer that Ezra knew and who had his farm destroyed back in Season 1 of Star Wars Rebels. I have heard people talk about how Rebels has a very long memory, and this is another demonstration of that. Now, the current Lothal cell has discovered that there's something secret being manufactured there, and so Ezra and Kanan and the rest of the gang are going to have to try to get in there and figure out what it is, steal the plans and whatnot. Unfortunately, the timing is not the best because the, <laughs> the failure rate on their manufacturing has not gone unnoticed, and Grand Admiral Thrawn himself shows up to check out the scene. This, of course, cannot be a coincidence, even though I think the Rebels probably look at it as such. And here's why it can't possibly be. There's a great scene where you have Thrawn inside his quarters looking at holographic images of all the art he's collected about the Lothal rebel cell, the old Lothal rebel cell, that being Kanan and Ezra and Hera and Sabine and Zeb and Chopper. He's checking it out while Agent Callus and Governor Price come in, and here is what Thrawn observes about this rebel cell while he's studying the art and in particular Sabine's starbird emblem that she graffitis in a lot of different places. Agent Callus. It's the mark of the Phoenix Squadron, a creature of flight, 
rising in flames, a symbol of their commitment to victory. It is that, and more. I've seen it everywhere, marking territory. It is a commitment, but to this world specifically, these rebels have an attachment to this place and will always return. Alright, so here's one more piece of the puzzle that Grand Admiral Thrawn has managed to figure out. And I think he had already arrived at that conclusion. I think he was just announcing that to Governor Price and Agent Callus. And that is why he is on Lethal for the inspection. Not just because the manufacturing failure rate was high, but because he's traced them all back to Lethal. He has a sneaking suspicion of what the group is up to. And also some of their motivation as well. This, of course, continues to make him ever more dangerous, and yet the Rebellion just has no idea of the danger that they are in, and that continues to escalate unbeknownst to them. But despite everything going down, Ezra and Kanan and Chopper are able to escape with the secret plans, which turn out to be for a TIE Defender. And if you ever played the TIE Fighter game back in the 90s, the PC game, then you are well acquainted with the TIE Defender. It has shields and a hyperdrive, has a very interesting sort of three-pointed star, very weird but cool-looking kind of wing pattern to it. Or maybe a six-pointed star in a way because the three wings that stick out from the center cockpit have little V-shapes on them. And this could be a real problem for the Rebellion because if they're mass-produced, then they're going to be able to handle Rebel fighters a lot more easily. And to hear the people behind the scenes talking in Rebels Recon about the TIE Defender, it does seem like this is a legitimate plan that they're trying to put into play. It's not some sort of red herring thing that Grand Admiral Thrawn has invented. In fact, Grand Admiral Thrawn seems not only to be a man of his word, but a cold and ruthless one, in fact. And one of the first things he does upon arriving at this manufacturing facility is to pull out a worker who has recently worked on a speeder bike and make that person ride the speeder bike until it reaches that critical point at which the engine explodes, killing both the speeder bike and the rider. And it turns out that the guy Thrawn picks for this demonstration is none other than Murad Sumar, the farmer that Ezra knows from Lothal. And as much as Ezra wants to intervene, Kanan keeps having to pull his shoulder back, pull Ezra's shoulder back, and tell him, no, no, not now, not now. So instead, they decide to pick their spot, as it were, and steal the plans to whatever this secret new weapon is that's being built there. They, of course, run into other stormtroopers and have to ditch their technician worker disguises and disguise themselves as stormtroopers again. And it almost keeps them from getting revealed, but it turns out that at the last minute, they happen to run into Agent Callus, who says, hey, I need you on my security detail, and invites them into his elevator. And as the door is shut, they all start and get into a big fist fight until, <laughs> until the fulcrum reveal. So it turns out that Agent Callus has been getting increasingly disillusioned with the Empire and that whole incident from Season 2, The Honorable Ones, which we'll be covering later on. I think probably in the beginning of 2017 is when we're going to get to it. Um... Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> I think we're probably going to get to it um, in the summertime of 2017 while we're on hiatus from Rebels. But the gist being that Zeb and Agent Callus came to a level of appreciation that was almost unthinkable when Rebels first started. Anyway, Callus does manage to help them do what they need to do to be able to escape. 
And part of that includes cutting their way out of a scout walker and cutting their way into an imperial walker as they show an imperial walker doing something that you did not know they could do, which is bend down. And <laughs> they're trying to escape in a scout walker, Ezra and Kanan and Chopper. And they walk underneath an Imperial Walker to keep out of the line of fire of another Imperial Walker. And the Imperial Walker there under the pilot say, hey, let's crush him. And the thing starts to bend down. It lowers the hinges on its knees so that way it starts going flat toward the ground and smashing the scout trooper, the scout transport, scout walker. How many times can I say it? Good heavens. Scout Walker, for pity's sake. All right, yeah, to see an Adat try to squat down on that thing was pretty funny. And it was pretty funny, too, to see a Landspeeder being used tilted on its side. Like, I think that's a very iconic shot. It is not the one that we have at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. The image we use comes straight from Wikipedia. But if you saw that Landspeeder being piloted at the very beginning of the show, it looks very much like Luke Skywalker's old landspeeder turned on its side and Kanan and Ezra hanging off the engines top and bottom that way, flying in between the legs of a scout walker and each of them slicing through a leg with their lightsabers to make the scout walker topple down and prevent them from chasing after Ezra and Kanan at all. Yeah, that was very awesome. I like this episode a lot and I feel like we are picking up some momentum here in Star Wars Rebels. And I think Thrawn is starting to engineer what he hopes is the end game for his engagement with these rebels. I have a feeling that he's about to come up with something really devastating. And it's probably going to involve Lethal, especially when you consider the fact that Thrawn is not understanding why the governor and the other folks on Lethal decided that it had to be conscripts that worked in the factory. People who, like Murad, had lost their farm and were basically drafted into the Imperial Construction Facility because, hey, they still needed to put food on the table. Thrawn is wondering why it's not Imperial workers, Imperial professional workers, and not people taken from that particular homeworld. And so that, to me, is just another sign that he's looking for, that Grand Admiral Thrawn is looking for, to tie everything back to Lethal and to figure out a strategy that will draw everybody out of hiding and bring them to Lethal where he can smash them once and for all. The one thing that didn't strike me as altogether believable was a thing at the end where Grand Admiral Thrawn is basically intuiting that the rebels had help and probably from somebody inside the Imperial facility and imagines that that mole is going to be found and they have to keep an eye out for it and it's going to be bad when they do. And of course Agent Callus is there and Grand Admiral Thrawn is saying, what do you think about this Agent Callus?" And the intimation that the episode is trying to make is that Grand Admiral Thrawn has possibly figured out already that Callus is Fulcrum. Callus is the inside man. And while I understand that Thrawn is supposed to be a brilliant strategist, this, of course, then presumes that you have some extra brilliant people who are able to write for his character. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see as Thrawn cogitates about this a little bit more and continues to gather information on the rebels so he can smash them down in one swift stroke. And not just our rebels, but a whole bunch of other rebel cells that are in contact with Ezra and Kanan and Hera and Sabine and Zeb and Chopper. And that is going to do it for the Rebels Briefing for today, Season 3, Episode 10 of the Star Wars TV series. I've got your trivia question after the break, so stay tuned. 
Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. I've got your trivia question here for you. There is a 97.6% chance of failure. Oh, he's only saying that because he doesn't know what kind of Star Wars fan you are, so don't worry about it. Last time I asked you, how many times has Han used Chewie's bowcaster in The Force Awakens? And that's two, once on the Aravana and once on Takadana. Today's question for you, what does Han say the first time he uses Chewie's bowcaster? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you pick up another pathetic life form, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a pod race bet, it's destiny unleashed. Podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.